When they were just boys, the secret language they whispered back and forth over their crackly walkie-talkies connected them, in a way. The two-way alphabet, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, became their chode, became their chode. (laughs) They've combined their chodes to become Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta. (laughs) Their lifeline. Matt is putting a lot of butter. Matt is buttering the veggies. What the fuck? Wow. I hope the mic the mic picked that up. <laughs> it sure did. Sure did. Sure did. Thank you for tuning in to the Carfcast. That was episode 00012.3 with our special guest, Ashley Meyer. And Grant. Cooking broccoli on the green egg. The best fucking oranges you ever had. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you by the best goddamn oranges you ever had. Get you some. (laughs) You're listening to the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Podcast. (laughs) There it is. Decent. Like that. Um, turns out uh, it is uh, end of January, mm-hmm. and it is uh, episode. Garf, what is it? Three hundred ninety-four. Seven point two. Seven point two four. It's seven. I don't know. I think it's up. I think we've decided that it is episode seven of uh, mm-hmm. Brown Town Bridge Beers. And we've got uh, Joe Mathis of Firehole Hooks interview. Talk we do. With. Yeah, we uh, had the pleasure of talking with Joe, uh, filled us in on the company, and yep. some some good hook info coming up. Yeah, lots of nerdy engineering stuff for you guys to try and learn about when it comes to hooks, but. You know, what's wrong? Those are pan fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, Ebers has man fingers. As opposed to... Girly, I don't know. Girly, girly fingers. Yeah, like, I've got banker hands. He's got man hands. That's what it comes down to. Um, but yeah, it's January. It's uh, We talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, which... Kind of turned sideways, but I think we straightened out at the end of it. Hey, are we podcasting now or what? I think we are podcasting. Right. We're officially podcasting. Oh, you don't have to. Let's podcast. Let's podcast. Um, yeah, it's tying season. Uh, that's why we gave Joe a call. Um, mm-hmm. So if Get you're not skinny on all the hooks. Right. And if you're not tying on firehole hooks, then you're not tying, right? right. I mean, it's, it's essentially not a good idea. Matt, what are you tying for winter season? What are, what are your, let's say, let's talk top three go-to flies, winter fishing, driftless. Top three flies, anything with a pink bead, pink squirrel, 
Um, I tie a fly that's got a, a gray body and a pink head. Um, orange scud and a small size 10, 12 rabbit leech. That's it. What sizes are you tying the, uh, the scuds and the pink squirrels in? Mm, 16s, 18s. Um, you can get by with 14s, but uh, primarily 16s or 18s. Okay. And primarily tying those on a probably a fire hole outdoors. Fire okay. hole outdoors, 633. Okay. Uh, well, that might be the number, if, if anything. I mean, for sure. Uh, hopefully you can find them at your local fly shop. I know in the Twin Cities you can go to Bob Mitchell's fly shop. Uh, they have fire hole hooks. Um, so, yeah. Give those a shot for tying. Um, another topic I kind of wanted to kind of jump on. Um, actually, you're probably the first person I ever went winter trout fishing with. And you kind of, um, to my personal belief, you've, you've got a pretty good knack for it and knowing how to read the water, find, find the water for finding these fish when it's 20 degrees out, right? And there's ice in the banks and it's, it's a little different than your normal spring, summer, fall fishing. Um, what, what can you, you know, what do you look for, uh, during the winter times? What's, what kind of water are you trying to read? Uh, yeah. I mean, the fish, they'll definitely pot up and there's very, there's, there's a handful of places they like to be. If it's really cold and overcast, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be down deep, you know, where the water is a little more stable in temperature. If it's sunny and kind of, you know, the temperature's on the rise, they might move into, you know, some little bit skinnier water where some bugs are at. And if you can, you know, find anything that is a current break or fish holding water, you're likely to find a good, um, good amount of fish there. I think Grant and I fished one time and out of a hole the size of a dining room table, we probably pulled, you know, a dozen fish out. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking about when I was, you know, asking that question is this was this was water I would have absolutely just walked past. Um, didn't even kind of sitting out in the middle of kind of a slow, so, slow stretch, but enough of a trough where, yeah, there was just a pile of fish hanging yeah. out there. And yeah. we just kept throwing an infrig through it and just one after another kept pulling fish out one two three like that yeah i mean if you get a good drift and you get the flies down to to the level that the fish are at um you'll get them because they're hungry because there's not a lot uh, for them to eat this time of year so primarily you're looking at uh nymphrigs um yeah you know dual nymphrigs yeah you know nymphrigs um if you get a hatch where the bugs are coming off, um, they're definitely every trout in the area is keyed up on those. So you'll get some midge hatches um, and the fish just go nuts for them. So definitely you want to fish the, the nymphs, but, you know, be prepared for some good dry fly fishing as well. Yeah, there's something to be said about uh, being able to go out fishing in January and get your first dry fly fish of the year as there's ice on the banks and, and snow everywhere. Um, definitely a pretty, pretty fun time. Um, usually throwing those 18s or smaller than that to try yeah. and get them. But, uh, it's 
good. Got to get you in practice as soon as, you know, that first BWO hatch comes in the springtime. Get you prepared for some dry fly fishing. Yep, definitely. Midges is, a, is the name of the game for... Uh, you know your your bugs for for dry flies um scuds and like i said leeches work pretty good towards you know the end of february beginning of march you can get by with a you know kind of a bluing olive type nymph you know those guys will start getting active do you uh how about the streamer game Streamer game can be good, uh, and it cannot be good. It's kind of hit or miss depending on on the mood of the fish. Um, I definitely would not be throwing, you know, your triple articulated size one odd mega sex dungeons. I'd, I'd be throwing a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit more uh, subdued, smaller type patterns. You know, a woolly bugger is going to be pretty good swinging through a riffle or something. You'll do all right. And probably working, <clears throat> excuse me, working probably pretty slow retrieves. Yeah, they, they definitely are, are cold and they don't have the energy to, to go ripping after, a, you know, double hand, you know, mega fast retrieve or nothing. But yeah, slow retrieves, you know, get them deep, put the, put the fly in front of the fish's face and they'll eat it. That's always the hope, it, you know, as far as what we're trying, trying to accomplish, at least. Uh, yeah, it's January. It's, yep, it's um, winter fishing. Winter fishing is cold. Can be hit or miss. This week, it is cold. You will not catch me out on the river. No, and if you're out on the river fishing, you're not. a high five. Yeah. Um, be, be smart, be safe. Yeah. Um, you know, don't... Uh, Frostbite is for real people. And if I can recommend anything as far as socks go, um, what are those? The Sims? Sims Extreme something or other. Yeah, sock. they're Pretty Sims good. Extreme Guide Sock, whatever they are. They're about the warmest, <laughs> the warmest sock that I've worn. And uh, those will keep you warm. Just stay dry. And if you're going out there, always pack an extra pair of clothes in the truck or the car, as uh, I learned last year. Falling in the river is real in December, and you're going to want some dry clothes to get into once you finally get out of there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's wintertime here. We've got uh, fun events coming up for all of you fly fishermen out there in, in the Minneapolis metro uh, area. Or even if you're a couple hours away, I would definitely recommend uh, trying to fit these in your schedule. But I know... First one coming up here is February 9th yep. uh, at Men Provisions. Yep, February 9th, Men Provisions is having a uh, fly fishing artist colony event. Um, there will be some local artists. Uh, we've got Jake Keeler, Ted Hansen, Josh DeSmith, uh, Mike, De I'm going to butcher your name, Devork, uh, Frederick St Stevers and John Paquadio, I know, is sending some art. I don't believe he will be there in person, but uh, fingers crossed he'll find a cheap flight and fly up. Uh, there'll also be some authors. We have Justin Watkins, uh, Dan Frazier, and Larry Gavin. And then uh, rounding out the event, uh, fly tying, we'll have uh, the one and only Brad Bowen and myself doing some uh, fly tying demonstrations and the 
Dead Drift Net guys will be there too. Are you going to teach Brad how to tie a muskie fly? Uh, I hope, hopefully I'll get the chance to show him how it's done. But uh, Get some of the pre-mill bucktail out there and get right. that in your flies. In my experience, after watching a guy tie a 12-inch long deer hair muskie fly, nobody gives two shits about a little tiny size 16 <laughs> trout nymph. <laughs> So it'll probably just be me and myself uh, <laughs> tying a couple bugs and that's it. But uh, no, stop out for that. That'll be a good event. Uh, what time does that kick off at on the 9th? Uh, it's 10 to 4, so it's pretty much all day on Saturday the 9th. And there will be beer provided by New Belgium. Ooh. Yeah, it's good Mike's, stuff. Mike's getting fancy over there. That's, he that's is, good to hear. No more... Uh, no more high life for him, I guess. Uh, the high life is so good, though, especially all of it that he had at the expo last year. I think that's what <laughs> yeah. helped a lot of us get through Saturday. Yeah, so that's at Men Provisions on February 9th. And then the uh, the big expo that we have here in the cities is March 15th through the 17th. And I know there's a film festival on Saturday? Saturday night, yeah. No. And if, if you do want to make that film festival, I highly recommend getting your tickets early. Yeah, they, that sells out fast. But sells out fast for sure. I'll be there time flies. I think Grant will be there time flies. I will not be there this year. You will not be no, there. No, I'm going to be in the Mexico. I know Carf no. will probably be there. Um, be there. Probably. Be there. Tying some flies, hanging out. Yeah, so just sitting, sitting, looking pretty, making balloon animals. Yes. Yeah, I forget. Yeah. Carf's yeah. got to make balloon animals at yeah, the expo this year. And I think the weekend before that, which would be the 9th, March 9th, would be the uh, fly fishing film tour. The one in River Falls? Nope. The one in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. 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 So and River Falls is having. Theirs is on the 8th, I believe. Brian, Brian at Lund sent me something the other day on that. Yeah, March 8th. March 8th is so, uh, Friday, February 9th is uh, River Falls. I have four film date. Looks like they're going to have a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of things uh, happening. Fuck Brian's mornings. So yeah, uh, March is March is gonna be a good good month, um, you know for for films and all those things. Unfortunately, I know I'm gonna miss it this year, but uh, if you guys are available, uh, definitely check out all of those dates as uh, some good camaraderie, um, beer drinking, and uh, you know stop and find a find a brown trout bridge beer guy somewhere and. Who knows? You might find yourself a sticker, maybe a magnet, uh, something along those lines. But uh, we'll try to keep you guys informed of all the fun things that happen and keep you going from there. Brown Trout and Bridge Beers. Brown Trout Bridge Beers. That's what we do. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be repping some 3BT gear and swag. Swagging. What, what merch? Merch. We gotta get that merch gotta out get there. That 3BT merch. Everybody's wanting that 3BT merch. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, if you have a chance, stop by, maybe uh, throw in a personal interview to be Matt's new fishing partner. We have had some quality submissions yeah. um, uh, on the uh, Instagram account. Definitely looking for more. Uh, we're going to be running um, probably next podcast. Uh, we'll probably reach out to a couple couple of the people that have uh, wanted to uh, be Matt's new fishing partner. Mm -hmm. Um 
you know, get their sandwich recipes, um, talk about how they uh, tie knots, get flies out of trees. The sandwich is a big, uh, it weighs, it's like probably 75% of the score to be a fishing buddy. What's the other 25? What are we looking for? What what can we uh, have our listeners um, you know, uh, it's, focus it's, on? It's, it's beer you drink. Um, can you actually catch a fish? Casting is, is a big thing. How many times do I have to like be like, dude, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say, dude, you're stupid. And uh, yeah, you gotta stop saying that to me. <laughs> just, just, you know, so Grant's out. Justin hasn't quite lived up. His sandwich skills are horrible. So, you know, we're still looking. And we had a couple people, what, one guy said turkey sandwich? Yeah, turkey sandwiches. Dude, nobody eats a turkey sandwich. <laughs> you're, you're obviously married because, like, ham sandwich is, like, the starting point. You know, ham, roast beef, and they're pretty good, but turkey, no, sorry, bro. And, guys, I'm not going to lie, um, warm sandwiches <clears throat> on the river. Just throwing a little little helpful hint out there for you guys. Yeah. You know, those portable grills you can pick up just about anywhere. Oh, so, like, a Cuban sandwich. Grilled cheese with bacon. Yeah. You know, these are hot hot dogs dogs are good. Right. Yeah. If you can make a hot dog work out on the river, you know, points to you. Matt does like to uh, gorge himself on hot dogs uh, on the river. So Taco John's is a a great six pack and a pound. It's a great sandwich substitute. Yeah, it is. Six pack and a pound. So Um, we're still the the applications are still open. They'll probably close the end of next month because we'll be getting close to you know, fishing time. So yeah, get those, get those in. And we definitely, uh, like I said, next podcast, um, we'll, uh, give, try to line off a few phone calls, do some phone interviews that the initial interview before we have the face to face with those applicants. If, if you think you have what it takes to be, uh, uh, what, what are we calling? No pro bro. No pro bro. No pro bro fishing buddy. Yep. Um, we'll, we'll have tryouts. Tryouts be good. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. We're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to see a cast. Cast sandwich skills. Um, not, not tying skills. Not, not tying. Not, not tying. Not, not tying. Not, not tying skills. Right. So you need to not be able to tie a knot. Maybe. Maybe. Um, you need, if you have to be able to put your own fly in that, yeah, mean, that's kind of what we're going for. So, um, probably also be able to tie your own nail knot, uh, when your welded loop breaks on your fly line. I think that's probably yeah, pretty key. And then, uh, how you handle yourself when Sasquatch comes running across the river. Right. Right. Is, is a big part of it. Yeah. Or Do ducks. You, or ducks. Yeah. Or beavers. So maybe oh. we'll do like a sandwich. Um, not tying, casting, um, night fishing audition. What do that, you audition? Tryout? Tryout. And probably, tryout? well, if we, if we do. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Kurt just broke his camera. <laughs> uh, if we do an audition, we can base, base it on looks too. So, I mean, that's good for you. Yeah. Yep. So you gotta look pretty. Yeah. You got, you know. Just, just make sure that you're looking good. You know, you want to, you want to bring your Sunday's best to this. Um, and, uh, yeah, 
get your submissions in. We're going to review them. We'll reach out to you. Uh, if we're going to set up that phone interview and we can get after it. Yep. So with that, uh, sit back and listen to our talk with Joe Mathis from Firehole Outdoors. And again, as always, thanks to everybody. Thanks for listening. And, uh, Thanks to the last Revel. Yeah. Thanks Hams to the last Revel. For Hams. not quite sponsoring us yet. But We're almost there. We're getting there. We are. We yeah. drank enough of their beer to <laughs> that we should get something. We sure do try. All right. Thanks everybody. We'll uh we'll see you on the other side. Hey man, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Not too bad. I can't complain. Um so we thought we'd ask you a couple questions about Firehole and kind of how it got started and where you're at. So uh, how did how did Firehole Outdoor start? Well, you know, uh, of course, I think you personally heard this story while we were eating some good smoked meat in the back porch. <laughs> Joe, um, Joe is a fantastic uh, smoker of meat. <laughs> I need to throw that in just in case the fire oil thing ever goes goes south. At least I have something to fall back on. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, all kidding aside, you know, the, the whole idea for it was really born. Gosh, I don't know how many years ago now. Maybe five or more. Yeah, I think back that's in, back in the bug collar days for sure. Maybe even before that. But um, I was going to, at that time, I was one of those tires who needed to follow the exact recipe. So I had to go find the exact hooks, the exact materials, or mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be able to tie some fly from, I don't know, Charlie Craven or somebody. And I uh, was in Bozeman Angler at the time. Unfortunately, that little flush up is no longer here. But I had uh, gone in to buy some barbless hooks. And I was appalled at the price. And I uh, left without them thinking there's no way in good face I could pay, I don't remember, 15 bucks or something like that for two dozen books. It was just crazy. And I left there thinking there's got to be a better way to come up with something that the average Joe, no pun intended, can afford these things on a regular basis. So... It was that trip that was the impetus for me deciding to go down the path and try to try to play along uh, in this uh, hook game. And I spent about six months or so um, just drawing, just uh, playing with shapes and what kind of hooks, if, if I was going to do uh, make a hook company, what kind of hooks would I come out with? And when I had come up with a couple that were just kind of interesting to me and I thought that you know maybe we could actually do something with this or at least give it a goal i uh, i went ahead and actually spent the money on all these barbless hooks and all the ones that i wouldn't buy before because i wanted all the competition's hooks and i wanted to measure them i wanted to take a look at them look at their manufacturing quality right. and whatnot so i ended up buying I don't know, hundreds of different hooks. And I literally measured everyone from length, wire size, diameter of eye, um, length of the point from the deepest part of the bend to the tip, uh, angle of the point up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and um, 
just need a huge chart of different styles of hooks and all the measurements so that I could get an aggregate and an average of what people were doing. And I use that average as a basis for the general um, sizes that I came up with with that first size, uh, 12 set of hooks. So you really did a lot of research. These aren't just like random, you know, hey, this looks like a good hook. No, I mean, these, these, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if everybody truly understands that there's not a single hook that I sell under the Firehold brand that is a copy of somebody else's or bought out of some random catalog. Right. I actually own all of the wire molds for every hook and uh, every size. That's awesome. You know, how many, how many hooks are you up to now? You know, I'm sorry? Not to cut you off. How many hooks are you up to now? Why would you ask me that? Not, I don't know. like every hook, but how many different models do you have? I know I have a whole bunch of them. I think I think we're at fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, but I'm standing here in the middle of what used to be my living room, which is now the packing inventory. So I can count them. Um, well, we came out with twelve originally, and I've added the eight eleven and the seven eighteen. So that makes fourteen. So I got fourteen models. I don't know if you saw my uh, post on Instagram and, and Facebook a couple of hours ago, but I did. Yeah. Um, Very exciting. I got in at 523. And what is a 523? It is uh, an extended length standard jig hook, if you will. Meaning it, it is it is the 516 and about three and a half times as long. Uh, specifically for um, stones and crawlers, balance leeches and such. Perfect. That'd be a good hook. And it'll come out, it'll be in four through 14. And um, each each size has the exact same gape and uh, bend shape as the equivalent size in the 516. It's just a little bit longer, well, quite a bit longer than that size. And I um, up-revved the uh, wire diameter by one size. So a size 10 and a 523 has the same wire diameter as a size 8 and a 516. And I did that just to help stabilize the, the length of that hook since this was one that we weren't going to uh, um, forge. Right. That's so, probably a lot more in-depth hook knowledge than most people would want to know, but thanks for sharing. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I didn't even get to share. I mean, I can really bore you for an hour and a half. But hey, we'll, just, so, we'll just sit back and listen. We'll, like, we'll make this to Joe, Joe Mathis hour. Yeah, that's, that's pretty easy that way. I mean, I can pick up where I was and we can just have some fun and answer some more questions, whatever you want. Oh, for you, but... go, go take off from where you... We asked how it started. So, mm -hmm. I mean, in, in general, that's where the impetus for it came from was that that, that um, trip to the fly shop and not coming home with what I wanted. But I ended up buying so many because it, it became a thrill for me. You know, um, I got to use some of my engineering degree, which I haven't used since I left college. And so that was fun. And... Um, so I, I originally came up with 12 sets of hooks and I ordered production samples of those. Um, 
uh, some, you know, uh, and they weren't every size. And you, you were the beneficiary, or I was the beneficiary of you. I'm not sure how you want to put it. Did I did get some some, the, some early samples of hooks? Those early samples. And I didn't order every size. I ordered every other size. And I remember one comment that you gave me was, "Dude, you sent me every size I don't use here." <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you remember that or not. <laughs> I did, um, but anyways, we ordered those production samples, and that's gotta have been. Matt, when did I send those to you? Beginning of 2015, maybe. Yeah, it was it was three or four years ago. Yeah, it was at least four because mm -hmm. we've we've officially been running as a business for two. So we went through. You know, I sent out that same sample package to. 15 or 16 people that I had met through either locally here in the Bozeman area or through doing the, the whole bug collar thing uh, a number of years ago and um, received feedback for six or eight months. And out of that feedback, you know, I changed um, some shapes. I changed some wire diameters. I ignored some feedback because I liked what I had. I mean, you, you run the whole gamut of things when you get feedback. And um, kind of sat on it for almost a year, uh, long enough that you probably thought I wasn't going to do anything with it. And it came to be sometime in the early summer of 2016 that um, it felt right to try to move forward and do something. And uh, I tried the Kickstarter route. Uh, yeah, in fact, I, I was going to try to do all 12 hooks. And, uh, um, you know, I don't mind saying at all that it was a conversation with you that encouraged me to just start with four. Um, and see, just see how things go. Cause you know, I was worried about how much money we we're going to have to raise to try to do all 12. And we did the Kickstarter route uh, in August of 2016 and that failed miserably. Um, it did not reach its goal, but the encouraging thing was, is that we had 250 people that had pledged enough that would have been half the goal. And so I took that as uh, a pretty good sign that in 30 days um, from having just opened an Instagram account and only using Instagram at that time, um, I was pretty encouraged, even though that it failed. And so Deb and I sat on it for a while. We prayed about it and tried to figure exactly what route we wanted to go. And it was close to... Um, Probably Thanksgiving in that same year, we decided to try a crowdfunding again, but we're going to carve out the Kickstarter and um, just do it as a pre-sale on our website. And um, which cut out some of the costs because I didn't have to worry about all the Kickstarter costs. And it funded fully on New Year's Eve of 2016. Yep, I remember yeah. passing my own. I jumped in on that train too, I believe. No, uh, first and, first and, came through. Uh, that's cool. I'm glad that you did, Grant. But um, uh, Matt, do you remember how I got over the goal? Yes, I do. I think you were pretty close, and then I bought the last batch. <laughs> <laughs> I called you, and, and or I texted you or something. It's like, I mean, it's probably midnight at your house. I don't remember what it was. It was, it was so pretty close. I remember we were at a New Year's Eve thing for the kids. 
And I was standing in a big giant gymnasium with a bunch of blow up bouncy toys buying hooks off my phone. <laughs> yeah, okay, I remember I told you, dude, you're so close, you're so close, we're gonna make it hundred dollars away or something. And uh and uh, you texted me back and said, you know, check again or something like that. It was great. It was um, it was crazy. So it funded New Year's Eve of twenty sixteen. Um the next day I sent a note to my manufacturer. Uh, and placed the first manufacturing order, and we started shipping those four hooks uh, to consumers and dealers um, in March of 2017. So we have not quite been shipping for two years. We've had two more hooks sales after that to get the rest of the 12 hooks out and added a few. Uh, of course, we had the pre-sale for the stones, um, you know, last summer. And uh, I think on Monday, I will ship consumer order um, 5,000. It's not Monday, it'll be Tuesday. Wow, wow, good for you. Yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, in, you know, in that short amount of time, you guys have really blown up. Uh, it, it has. It's been a, um, it's been crazy. You know, it's not... I always thought that if it made a car payment a month, that I'd be happy. Right. And, and now, you know, for half the time that we've been going, a bit, I used my car payments to start buying, to keep buying hooks. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, I've, but, I've um, seen your inventory at your house, and it is overwhelming. Uh, it is, and I know that I shared pictures on the Fly Time Local Teach page, and I think on Instagram as well. You know, the shower downstairs full, the garage full. Matt, you should see it now. I mean, it has been you know five months since you were here, six months or whatever. Yeah, I think it was shortly after we were there that you uh, swapped living room and hook storage. Yeah, we did. We flipped the house in order to um, continue to be good stewards of money and pour the money back into beads because our beads and hooks. Because quite honestly, um, we're growing at a rate where um, I still come close to not generating enough cash from sales to continue to keep up with the growth and buy more hooks. Um, and we don't advertise, right? The only you know at all uh, and. I guess some people would consider Instagram posts or um, a Facebook post a, a, a advertising, but you know that's just just it's just all word of mouth. You know, we had we did an actual inventory in um, November. We had fifty five thousand boxes of hooks. Holy cow! Uh, here and that was before any beads showed up. And our first order of beads was I don't remember how many how many boxes it was. It was uh, 1.2 million beads. But in the last since the beginning of the year, I've been in receipt of about 45,000 more boxes of hooks and beads, and we've got another 25,000 landing next week, I think. Wow. Um, and some more week afterwards. This the this year itself in this first three weeks um, of January, uh, we have shipped uh, out of here. I include consumer and dealer, probably close to twelve thousand boxes. Just a few, huh? Yeah, just a few. It's uh, the the dealer. 
uh, program is, is going crazy. We're probably up to almost 150 worldwide right now that have signed up. Yeah, it's great to um, see your see your products now on the uh, fly shops here in Minneapolis um, at Bob Mitchell's. I, I, That's awesome I, to see I, that. I can't hardly hear you. Grant's saying that it's, it's nice to see uh, your hooks and beads, you know, in the Twin Cities at, at some of the shops that we have. Bob Mitchell's being yeah, one it's it's uh, over. Uh, Robert called me yesterday or sent me a note and he said, "Hey, dude, I want this order, but you're like out of stock in a bunch of stuff." And I said, "Yeah, I'm sorry, but you guys can't quit ordering." So uh, it'll be here next week. Sorry. <laughs> That's a good problem to have, I guess. It is. It, it is because um, generally I don't go out of stock in a dealer um, product because uh, uh, I usually will have it packaged in uh, consumer format and so I'll just repackage it so that the dealers can get it and um, but we have some yeah I cannot keep the 516s in stock the, that jig hook I can't keep the stock in the 633s uh, the beginning of the year just yeah that's 633 that's, that's a great nymph hook I love it and um, you'll be I, I know you don't use the little bitty ones where you guys are but we'll have that in 2022 um, here in a couple weeks, uh, I think I, I think I've been asking for those for a long time, Joe. <laughs> Have you? I, I, I honestly I don't remember who's been asking for what anymore. <laughs> I can't remember. But I have um, just since we're on that subject. Uh, in house, we received that five twenty three. So I've got all of those sizes four through fourteen. And that's your, that's uh, your new three X long jig This is jig hook, yeah. And I probably ought to measure it again and, and look at my notes before I see. Well, actually, I've printed all the packaging. So if I got that wrong, we're just going to call it whatever the package says. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Do what? It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, let's see what I called it on the package. Oh, I called it 3X long, so I got it right. There we go. So, yeah, that's the new j cut. But then we have 22 um, new sizes to the current line. So, like, the, the 811s going to an 8 and a 10. I get a lot of the deer hair guys are asking me for small poppers. Um, I know that the guys want them for muskies, too, but I'm not going that direction yet. Uh, 718, which is becoming, quickly becoming one of the most popular hooks. Here. Oh, I love that hook. That, the new natural bed hook that's going to go we're adding three sizes to that 2022 and 24 both the the nymph hooks the 633 and 37 are getting two new sizes 20s and um 22s and um, 609 was going to get a 20, but I rejected that. And we're going to redo the wire mold, which means I won't see it for six or eight months. So I'm not going to tell the public. But all my, uh, well, I guess I did just tell the public, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did now. <laughs> okay. So, so, so there's uh, lots, lots of new stuff coming out for 2019. Yeah, it is. And we got some bigger sizes too. The jig's going down to a size four. And uh, the merger hook is actually going to a six. And same with the 321 that offset scud hooks is going to an eight. Good for the guys out at Pyramid Lake. Justin is going out there this year. You know, the Pyramid Lake guys, they, they, they like that uh, um, 637, yeah. the uh, number six to tie boobies and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was hot out there. So, so you, all right, so you mentioned beads. So you, you recently came out with your own line of beads and there's they're kind of special compared to, to other beads 
Yeah, oh, the yeah, fire hole stone. So there was always the, you know, when I came up with the whole marketing program, the product strategy years ago, we knew that it was going to be a deal. I wanted something different. I just didn't want hooks and beads. So that's where we came up with sticks and stones. It's kind of a little fun name. Mm-hmm. The packaging, you know, so the boxes hooked together. So it's the sticks and stones if you put them together. And so the stones, you know, four years ago, they were going to be all your standard uh, gloss colors. And I was going to use many of the colors that we've done the bug collars in. And uh, that still wasn't different enough for me. Um, I had made, you know, I was a little bit disruptive from a pricing standpoint with the, the hooks and coming out with a quality hook. So what could I do different with the beads? And I decided to come out with an all matte line of beads. Um, but we actually worked with our bead manufacturer um, and went through... I think four, at least three iterations of the matte coating because um, I was determined to get one that wouldn't um, start chipping off and the paint chipping off when you first run through a heavy you know, ripple or something like that. Yeah, you showed me that a couple times I've been over you know, your box of beads that every day you give a good shake to and, and none of the paint comes off. Right, and I, I, once we had that final, I mean, you, you saw the final stones coating it would be almost two years ago this June when I told you that story. Mm-hmm. I've been sitting here shaking it. And I did that for a year. Every day at the time bench, I picked up a box of 50 and I shook them on my hand like a maraca. I wanted to see if I could get any chips on them. And I never once got any chips. So I was very satisfied with that. And then it was time to pick colors. And I had originally, I had 25 different colors, which ones I'm going to pick. And I narrowed it down to 12, but I wasn't satisfied because there were just some cool ones I was going to leave out. And it wasn't that it was necessarily um, quote unquote useful colors because, you know, some of these just don't exist, obviously, in, in the natural world. But uh, I ended up with 17 different colors um, from a from a um, painted standpoint. And I went ahead and did some some plated colors as well, just because you need to have your gold and copper and black nickel and whatnot. Yeah. So, but but the uh, uh, I have been surprised at how they have gone off the shelf. They didn't leave. They're not leaving here uh, in any way that I thought they would. And meaning that uh, I really thought the natural colors, your olives, your browns, uh, and your black would be the first ones off the shelf. Uh, it didn't turn out that way. I think my biggest, my big seller might be the Almond Joy. Yeah. Did I say that I have fun names? You do have fun names. I, I enjoy trying to figure out which color I'm actually tying with today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm going to segue to that for a second. Is that, you know, I had light brown and brown, and I had dark red, and I had, you know, fluorescent red. And it was actually um, Brad, my son, who said, Man, that's a boring world. <laughs> something to that effect. So I think you're right. There's nothing that says, you know, we can't, we were unique with our hook names. Why can't we be unique with these colors? So we have almond joy and mountains for our two colors of brown. Um, instead of uh, pumpkin, we came up with autumn because it sounds better than pumpkin. Yeah. Pink panther and pink Floyd for the two pinks. Nice. Those are good. Um, Those are good colors, especially for this time of year. Fishing around here. But the true blood with that dark red one, uh, 
this is just flying off the shelf. That and the uh, autumn uh, were a huge surprise for me for the colors to come off the shelf. Um, so I, I didn't order the same quantities of every color and every size. I ordered based on what I thought people would order, and I was pretty wrong. But it's going to take me a couple iterations of ordering a million beads before I get it right and I have them in the stock like I do the hooks. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I like tying with some. You know, I did the, uh, a lot of people are asking for the slotted beads and, um, they will come. I went with the round tungsten first because, you know, honestly, it was a market thing, a much broader market with fat beads and with the slotted beads. Yeah. So, and, um, and your your tungsten beads, um, the the price is right compared to you know everybody else's tungsten. I mean, your hooks are a great value, and and your tungsten beads also, I, I feel, are are a good value. You get a lot for the money. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, that's that was the whole. You know, that was the general purpose with the hooks. How do I do this and offer a a high quality hook at a price that you know, the average person can afford um, and as such I was a bit price disruptive now we've seen a lot of the, the smaller marbles hook companies um, little businesses out there do a price match on a lot of it but you know that's okay that just means I'm making some waves but we did the same thing with the beads is that you know that, there was no reason I just don't feel there's any reason for somebody to pay six, seven, eight dollars for ten beads Right. It's just crazy. So, um, you know, I have some people complain that I want 50. So I send them to the dealers and get 36 and the prices per beads the same. But um, I think it's a good value. And we'll do the same thing with the slotted beads. Uh, and with the products as we move down the line, we'll just kind of keep that same attitude for the time customer. So uh, you mentioned slotted beads a couple times. How far out? Can you tell us how far out we are? On slotted beads, it's hard to say. I don't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> well, I I don't feel like you're putting it on the spot. You know, I, I've told people before, and, and that I would like to think that they're spring, um, but I, I cannot, I can't cement that timeline. Just one of the things I have to do is make sure that that we are servicing the the current product line well enough that if we curve out some capital to bring those in, that, that we don't suffer the other two lines. Um, and so we're going to be good stewards that way. If that means that we can come out with the slotted beads in the spring, we will. If it means they don't come out until fall tizing season, then that's when we'll bring them out. I will say this. Um, I do have the first samples of three millimeter slotted beads in all the colors in house. I'll, uh, I'll be looking for mine in the mail. <laughs> That's pretty presumptuous. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you kind of elaborate a little bit on your, you know, timelines and stuff. And for me, it's been it's been really interesting watching you and Deb grow your company and you've been real smart about it and haven't like overextended yourself and you know gone way into debt and I mean I don't know maybe I but uh, <laughs> you, you seem to you seem to be taking things kind of slow and a little smart and um, building the company and you know kind of your fan base um, very very smartly well thank you I appreciate that man you know, we have done that on purpose. It, um, 
Uh, initially, I will have to say, initially it wasn't on purpose because I would have wanted to come out with everything all at once. But um, I had to learn patience. I had to learn uh, to listen uh, to you know uh, my wife, to the spirit, to everything, to make sure that you know, I was doing things the right way. Uh, if this was going to last and if it was going to be an impact on a global scale, we needed to go slow. Um, I could easily go out and and get some venture capital and give somebody 70% of the company and, and listen to somebody else and tell me what to do, but be able to do everything we needed. No, I, 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 think you're, do I think you're doing it right. I think so. And it's, it's been successful. We're, we are not complaining. We um, Every single dealer we have, um, with aside from one, Bozeman Family Fly Shop here, who I happen to be in when they opened their first week and chit-chatting about what we're doing and letting uh, be even that, every dealer has come because a consumer customer has brought us to their attention. That's awesome. Yeah, that, and, that's uh, good. Uh, we've probably signed up a dozen, 15 or so this year already. And I say most of them have said that uh, when they see guys coming to their tying nights pulling out firehole boxes and they don't have firehole boxes on their shelf, they needed to change that. Yeah, so, it was kind of cool to hear. So where'd, uh, where'd the name Firehole come from? Well, um, the Firehole River in, in uh, West Yellowstone, because I, I just think it's the most beautiful body of water there is. Yeah, absolutely. It, and it's a pretty nice river. It is. And we wanted, uh, we wanted a name um, that was representative of where we are in this world. We were based in Montana, um, a stone's throw from Yellowstone. And... Um, we chose outdoors as opposed to firehole fly fishing or something because you know I don't know where God's going to take us in this company and we want to not have to rebrand if something had you know, came up in five years and and we expanded in a different direction. How did you guys get to live in uh, Bozeman? Because I know you guys aren't originally from there. No, we're not. Uh, you know, Dev and the kids were all born in Georgetown, Texas. Uh, and I was there for 35 years. I think I started like eighth grade year. And we've been here for about nine years. So, you know, at the time, and we left Texas in August of 2009. And I was working for Dell Computers at the time. And uh, Brad went to play football for Colorado State. And uh, I could work from anywhere. So we moved to Denver so that we could kind of be near him and go watch football games or travel with him as, as he wanted to. And uh, it turned out that um, that was during the big period of time when there was uh, the recession was coming and uh, I ended up being part of a 300-person layoff in Denver. And so when I found a new job, it was up here, in uh, actually in Livingston. And uh, I really thought it was a company out of Boulder because I found it in Boulder, Boulder Craigslist. Um, so I was I was moderately deceived and happily surprised that it was in Montana. So that's how we ended up here. Yeah, because Montana's a long ways from Texas. Yeah, it, it is, but I tell you, um, we love it here. We hated the heat uh, in Texas. We left on the 100th day over 100 in a row in 2009. Oh, and, uh, yeah, and it hadn't. We left in August. It hadn't rained since February. It was it was miserable. So. 
we love it. Deb loves watching the snow. Uh, the climb is wonderful. It's just, um, we couldn't leave anywhere else. And um, when we came up here, then Brent, Brad transferred and played football here for Montana State. And our daughter, Lauren, decided she didn't want to be the only one down south. And she moved up here and has established herself as a businesswoman. And so the whole family got to come up. So it was really a, an awesome experience for us. Perfect. So you had mentioned, well, no, I don't think you did mention, but uh, I'm going to mention the the fire hall mafia. What's that? All right. I mean, I've so, seen a couple of posts on that, and, and I'm wearing a hat right now that says uh, Fire Hole Mafia. It's got a big no pro on it, too. No pro. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I don't believe in pro programs. And uh, that's that's a, that's secondary to the mafia, but I think it really just made the hat. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a few months ago, um, I don't remember when it was. Uh, someone, some little birdie told me about a uh, company that was coming out with um, barbless hooks. Uh, and I, I believe them to be a copy of my first set of hooks. And they were going to be prominent here in the States. And, and with all respect to that, I'm not going to mention the company name while we're talking. No, I, I respect okay. you for that. And um, it really upset me. I thought, okay, this is over. We're done. This is uh, big money's behind this. You know, I, I can't fight them. I don't have any design patents filed on those hooks because they were very standard. My first ones, I couldn't afford that. Kind of thing. And I was uh, visiting with a mutual friend of ours, and I was ranting about it. Well, right, you can you can name his name. We, we all we all know who Cheech is. Cheech of I was I was visit I was I was on the phone with Cheech, and I was upset and uh, ranting more than I should have at the time. And he said, Joe. He said, calm down. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. But, yeah. Uh, he said, yeah. you, need, you need to calm down. He said, he said, you got to understand. He says, you're doing something that's pretty amazing in this in this industry that people haven't seen and aren't doing. And there's going to be a lot of people who are going to try to be Joe. And mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to be Joe and do it like you're doing it. And he said, besides, you just need to step out of the way and let the firehole mafia take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> his reference was, you know, there's there's a uh, uh, there's a pretty big following on on fly time with Uncle Cheech. You know, there's what there's an entire city that visits that. You know, like twenty five thousand. Yeah, yeah, many, yeah pretty much. That's a that, there's a lot. Uh, that's there's a group a on Facebook. And and a lot of people use the hooks there, and, mm-hmm. and they talk very well about them. And uh, it's. It's not because I give them anything. It's because I give them, I provide them with a quality product for a quality price. And I think I'm a reasonably nice guy and I'm approachable. And uh, if somebody needs something, they call or they text or they Facebook message me and, and I answer them. And so that's the Firehole Mafia. There have been people on there who have badmouthed Firehole hooks for um, for their own reasoning or because I wouldn't give them a pro status. And the Firehole Mafia has come on So, So... Uh, I thought it might be fun to do something with that around the holiday, and I didn't know quite what to do with it. And uh, it occurred to me I could I could make a little club, you know, like the Mickey Mouse Club, <laughs> and uh, but what do I do with that? So 
Uh, we, we created a hat. I created four pretty cool stickers for the Thargo Mafia. Yeah. Uh, one is exactly like the, the the logo that you have in your hat, except I put bullet holes on it. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> I made the no pro sticker uh, straight out of barbs. Yeah, uh, this actually like also came from Cheech. He told me I needed to make that sticker. And then, uh, do you even tie, bro? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that might be my, my favorite out of all of them. And I, I put that together in a pack. And if you buy that as a package, um, you get free shipping uh, over $25 for all of 2019. If you upgrade your package to the Firewall Mafia, the boss, and you buy a, uh, a magnetic fly bench with the Mafia logo on it, then uh, for all of 2019, you get that same free shipping over $25 bucks plus 10% off all your purchases. Wow. So it's a pretty good pretty good deal to become a, a, a main a boss. Of the, of the mafia. Yeah, and, and they're still selling. You know, we've uh, uh, sold uh, more benches than I thought we would and uh, uh, several dozen of the hats. Yeah, I have. But, I have several of the, the fly benches and they are amazing. I love them. Go to, go to fireholeoutdoors.com and buy yourself a mafia package and get yourself a fly bench and order a bunch of hooks. Order a bunch of hooks and beads and give Joe all your money because you won't regret it. Six of stones, brothers. Yeah. Six of stones, bro. Kind of wrapping up. Hooks have been good for you, huh? They have. Uh, they have. And I've got um, toying with some other things too that uh, may or may not be hooks and may or may not be beats. And you may or may not be getting samples. <laughs> All right. I will. Uh, so, I, I have a stack of, you know, non disclosed agreements with Joe that is like six feet tall. <laughs> he keeps sending me stuff. He's like, dude, don't tell anybody about this. But. Let me know what you think. That's right. Well, you know, I have, it's the same. You know, I, I people want to be a, on on a pro program, or you know, they're going to make me famous and stuff like that. So I turned down all those pros, and people want an ambassador program, and and I don't do that thing. But I do have a a close knit bunch that I, you know, you could call yourselves ambassadors, and, and Matt is one of those who's who I've known and trusted for a lot of years. And when I have new product ideas or new things come out. I, I trust this group to send things to and give me uh, appropriate feedback, positive or not. So, you know, yeah, we let you know. Yeah, you do. And, and, and sometimes I listen, sometimes I don't, and sometimes I regret that I don't. <laughs> it's been all over the place. Right. But, uh, it's all good. Well, Joe, um, we kind of, well, gee, we've been talking for almost an hour now. Um, I guess so. Do you have anything else? Uh, I mean, we, you mentioned a bunch of hook models for this year and some other things. Um, where do you see Firehole five years down the road? Oh, man. You know, that's, that's, that, that's really a hard one for me to say. I mean, I know you got a whiteboard down in your basement. Well, I don't know where you moved it to now, but it used to be down in your basement with all your steps laid out on it. Does yeah, it go out five I years? have all those steps. And, and some of them I've, I've taken away because uh, it, it didn't make sense. You know, I really thought that I was going to do fly tying materials. And that was a big one of those steps. I thought I was going to come out with dubbings and this and that and the other. And I thought, you know, that's a little bit of a distraction. Uh, in fact, I, I had um, 
about that time that you you bought all the squirrel skins and mm-hmm. yeah, we talked a lot about uh, dead animal for yeah, we did for a long time, and and I had a lot of dead animals uh, down here, and uh, mostly squirrels. And I decided that that just was too much of a distraction for me for the way where the hooks and bees are going. So I actually sent all those to Doug Cloud. Doug makes some wonderful, wonderful squirrel dubbing. Yeah, he does. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go down that route. And, you know, I ran, uh, still have an old site. I don't even know if it physically runs right now. It's called flyrescue.com that I started when I was in Texas. And, and uh, will we ever revive that as part of the Fargo family? Maybe. You know, that's one of the steps that are on there. Uh, you know, Deb and I, uh, uh, as, as you well know, we, we have our, our full faith in the Lord in this business and how we run it. And so I've got, you know, there is a, a ministry portion that was on that board that we still may do something outwardly with, uh, although our pastor has convinced us that we need to look at this business as a ministry, not just a business, because we're really learning the message we're getting. Right. So there are some there are some additional things, um, but not right now. I, I see a development in uh, further development in the hook line in. Um, uh, I think I'm seeing enough from folks around the world, not just here in the States, that are asking and inquiring, especially from the dealer standpoint. I get, I get people who text me or, or get a hold of me and say, bro, you need to do this, you need to do that. But when I, Everybody's when I an things, expert, aren't they? <laughs> but when, uh, when I hear from the dealer network and it keeps going over and over and over, uh, even if it's in different parts of the world, it, it has turned me on to some of these things that you're going to see coming out this year. Um, you know, somebody you know, uh, might look and say, Joe, you know, I, I, I plan on coming out with an intruder style and some shanks this year. Um, is that is that my bulk market? No, it certainly wasn't two years ago, but I can afford to have some niches. And so we'll start going, we'll keep going down that route and maybe in, in five years, maybe we'll be doing some things for uh, your musky guys or your saltwater guys and we expand the lines like um, I don't know. It, it, it just, it's just evolving so much. We have a, a path that we're going to stay on, but it's not a straight path. So we, we just need to kind of, it's a little bit played by ear. I don't know what will be a five years next. All right, Joe. Hopefully, not my living room. Yeah, hopefully. I, I know we talked about you needed a warehouse, you know, a while ago. And as this company grows, I think that becomes more evident every day for you, especially Deb. It, it, it does. And, you know, it was her idea to do this, to flip the house like this. Um, so I know she's behind it. And she stands on here and helps me pack orders. And, but it, it's a little bit hard when, when, when you're having breakfast and you're looking at your inventory. And, uh, but it, it, it helped us not to have to put three grand a month into uh, a warehouse. It helped us be able to put it back in an inventory yeah, yeah. and do the right things with it. And, and we'll see. Uh, I like working at home, too. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's an interesting balance. So we'll, we'll have to be out of the house. How we make that happen or exactly when, it'll have to happen this year. I don't know. I don't know yet. Right. Thanks for your time, Joe. Thanks, Joe. And, uh, we, we, all love, we all love tying on your hooks and using your beads. And Grant, uh, he gets a lot of the flies that I tie on your hooks. And I mean, he can attest to, you know, the fact that they work. They stick fish and they, you know, they don't straighten well, awesome. out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm good at hooking we'll into trees, them. and they definitely don't bend out on me yet. Oh, Grant, uh, I don't know if you heard him. Grant said he, he's good at hooking trees, and they haven't bent out on him just yet. So. You know what's funny is the only the only ones that I get to uh, really complain about a bend out, and I hear some of those complaints, is when I start asking questions about their setup, is that they're using like a, a size 18, 321, which is probably the lightest square hook, or yeah. it's like 419, and they got it attached to a 3X tip, and they're trying to horse a fish. No. Yeah. 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 It's going to bed. No. Nope. All right, Joe. Thank you. All right, friend. Take care. Have a good one. Hey, you can ride as one of us tonight. I will. I'll. I'll say hello for you. And uh, give give that that big giant black bear of yours of a dog. You know, scratch behind the ear for us. <laughs> <laughs>